0: Welcome into the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast, where only one of us is an actual father. None of us are priests. My name is James Dreer. I'm joined here by Tyler Big Herbie Herbach. What up? And Trey Stinky Fingers Jose Yellow just cracked a nice little Lucille from Georgetown Brewing. Yes, sir. And Dre, what do you got?
1: I got Westbound Train from Brick West Brewing, Spokane, Washington brewery. Shout out. Right off the river.
0: Nice. Well, uh, we are the Fantasy Football Fathers. This is our podcast. And if you're new to the show, you can find us on Twitter, at the FF Fathers. That is our main platform right now for communicating with the fantasy community. It's also where we post all of our shows. Um, And this is our first year uh, recording this podcast, actually, so... Uh, New to the podcast game, but not new to fantasy football. So uh, yeah, we've all been playing fantasy football for a long, long time. We hope to bring that knowledge and experience to you and help you through the rest of this season and the fantasy football playoffs that are already here somehow.
1: One of us is always right because none of us like ever seem to agree <laughs> on <laughs> yeah. anything.
0: I've actually kind of been surprised how much we don't agree most of the time on things um as we actually have been talking out every single matchup for the last 15 weeks or whatever we're at now 14. Um but today for you we have the early games, uh the early window matchups. Um, and then in another separate episode we'll have the late game matchups and our starts of the week. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, but in this episode here, we're gonna cover the early games. So let's get right into it. Uh bye weeks this week are the Colts, the Dolphins, the Eagles, and the Patriots. Patriots number one in the AFC now? Going yeah. into the bye? Yeah, they are. <laughs> Oh man, the season of surprises <laughs> continues. Um they seem to be coming on strong who going to the bye. Mac Jones. A one A. Uh all right. So the first matchup here in the early window, the Seattle Seahawks taking on the Houston Texans. The Seahawks are seven point favorites. Uh I think it's the first time they're they've been favorites in a while. Uh, since the beginning of the season, probably over unders forty one and a half points. Um, so pretty low over under. I think that's probably the lowest on the week or close to it. At
1: first glance, honestly, a lot of these games are floating around like forty two, forty three over unders. Maybe it's a wintertime thing.
0: Yeah, could be. Um, also not not a bunch of like great matchups for fantasy wise, but um, this one I think you could see some more production out of the Seattle side of the ball I mean it looked like Russell was at least pretty much back to health for the most part last week against the Niners
2: yeah definitely his most accurate game coming back from the finger injury
0: yeah um so on that side you like um starting Russ this week I mean has he done enough for you to throw him into your lineups now
1: me and you were talking about this before the game I guess I was mostly talking about it and you weren't really replying to me but um, I guess I was talking out loud. But so Russ was like he was sneaking in like maybe being my start of the week. But the more I looked into it, like the Texans have been really good uh, the last four weeks, um, and I, I'm just curious if he'll really be able to keep it up. Yeah, he has had two straight games with three touchdowns, which is nice to see. And I have faith in Russ. I'm not a, like a hometown guy or nothing like that. But uh, with the way Houston's been playing, I I still like him. I think he'll be like around like 18 points or something like that. He'll be middle of the pack.
2: Yeah, I'd roll with Russ this week.
0: Um, Houston's giving up 35 points per game to the receivers. So if you're rolling with Russ, you're rolling with both DK and Tyler Lockett, right?
2: 100%.
0: And on the Houston, not messing with the backfield, right?
2: No, Alex Collins should be back, and, you know, I would expect him to, you know, go back to his like RB1 role in the offense, but Adrian Peterson signed last week. Uh, Scored a touchdown again, yeah, <laughs> um, which he'll probably do nothing. But Rashad Penny also got a huge workload, the biggest butt of the season for him. So I'm thinking you're going to see a pretty large like three-head committee here.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. Definitely one to avoid. Um, on the other side of the ball, um, are you still starting Brandon Cooks? Or is it getting to the point where you can't?
2: Yeah, no, not, not this week, especially with Tyrod out. I know that the first game Davis Mills started this year, uh, you know him and Brandon Cooks went off together, but I just this offense is not good. The Seahawks have gotten better um, as the season's gone on defensively, so yeah, there's you're not touching anybody in Houston.
0: Yeah, that probably takes care of that side of the ball. Uh, (laughs) Ravens taking on the Browns. Uh, Browns are two and a half point favorites right now. The over under is forty two points.
1: Can I rewind really quick? Yeah. I'll just ask you guys right now, because I'm in a dumb position. Would you start Rex Burkhead or David Johnson next week for the Texans? (laughs)
0: Oh, man. Gross. Yeah. (laughs) Um,
1: I have other options, but I'm also considering one of them. I feel like you'd have to go
0: almost Rex Burkhead.
1: Rex Burkhead's like the bulk guy right now, and David Johnson, we basically know what we have with him. So that's why – Like. Burkhead is definitely where I'm leaning to. It's just interesting because all, all the apps are saying that Johnson's projection, for, uh, they have a higher projection for him. Which I think is interesting because it seems kind of obvious that Burkhead's better. And I was curious if you guys were going to fall on that same kind of path.
0: Yeah. Looks like Kirby's not, though. I I mean, I would prescribe not starting either of them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but um, if I had to, I'd probably lean Rex, but yeah, I mean, it's a it's a, coin. it's a coin
1: toss, you know?
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, neither one of our great options. Um, that's my
1: bad question of the podcast. <laughs> that's the one. I, I don't get. know.
2: I think I would probably go with, I'm probably in Johnson. Um, I think he's the more dynamic player out of the two of them. So
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, back to the Ravens and the Browns. Um, let's start on the Brown side of the ball. um, And for me personally, like the only people I'm interested in starting right now for the Browns are the running backs. But um, as you noted here, Tyler, they did struggle last time they played the Ravens. I think that was the game where they both got hurt, right? I believe so. Uh, No, er
2: no, because Ernest Johnson didn't get a single carry in that game. So they both played like the majority of the game.
1: He is correct. Eight attempts for Nick Chubb, seven for Kareem Hunt. Seems like they, uh, just from looking at that, the game script they were probably behind the whole game. It's been a couple of weeks.
0: Well, that is the game that Hunt got hurt because he didn't. He hasn't played since.
2: Well, they run um, by. That that was their last game. Either way, and then seventeen run by.
0: Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Never seventeen
1: mind, total rushing attempts between the two of them. I'm way Thirty-five confused. yards. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's terrible.
1: Um. So are you hesitant starting them then?
2: Um. I mean, I think you have to start them. I don't think you have a better options, but I mean, I would assume they're going to be better than the last time they played the Ravens two weeks ago. Uh, I mean, I I can see one of them having a good game and the other one, you know, being just doing absolutely nothing.
1: Ravens have been great against running backs pretty much all year. They've had some bad games, but in the last six weeks, they haven't allowed more than three point six yards of carry. Um. They finally allowed more than 80 yards for Najee Harris last week, but before that they weren't allowed more than 60 yards total to a team, not to individual players total yeah. in running yards. So,
0: Yeah, that's tough. Um, I think you still have to start him, but maybe limit expectations.
2: Yeah, I mean, the Ravens probably are just going like, to throw eight or nine in the box and be like, okay, Baker, see if you can beat us with Jarvis Landry because that's the only person you can throw the ball to. And he's
1: not going to. Yeah.
0: Uh, would you consider flexing Jarvis Landry in that case?
1: Only because he's the receiver.
0: Also, David Njoku is on the reserve COVID-19 list. Um, does that give you any interest in
1: Austin Hooper with Njoku out? No. It does for me, but you guys know I'm a weirdo with tight ends. I I look, I look deep into tight ends. That makes me look into him for like future weeks for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean it would probably only be this week since it's just covid and I see, you know, test positive again, but you have to consider his health. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, hopefully he survives. Um on the other side of the ball, um Lamar Jackson it's been a little tough as of late. Uh turnovers a plenty. Um but uh, you know, you still have to start Lamar Jackson. Let me give uh Give you guys a little who would you start here, Lamar Jackson or
1: Taysom Hill this week against the Jets? Taysom Hill is fantasy proof. I feel like we all we all already agreed on that. I'm gonna take Taysom until he proves otherwise.
2: Yeah, I I'd have to agree there, which seems so weird to say. Like you're just gonna start Taysom Hill over Lamar Jackson. Um <laughs> yeah. But I mean, but Lamar Jackson's been in a slump. Um, you know, he's thrown what, like five picks in the last three games, something like that. I, I,
1: I don't mean to interrupt, yeah, but like, a lot. you got to also keep in mind that the time of year that we're in. Some people that live in like the southern part of the United States live in this fantasy world where like the weather doesn't get bad and things don't get cold or windy and how much that affects you, snow and things like that. They're playing in Cleveland. And even if they weren't playing in Cleveland, they're playing in Baltimore. You got to pay attention to where these teams are playing. They're yeah. playing in Cleveland. It's going to be cold as hell, no matter what. I don't care if it's a nice day. It's still going to be 40 damn degrees. Like, it's going to be cold. So, um, Yeah, it's just going to put a damper on the passing game anytime someone's playing in the north this time of year.
0: Yeah, I think with the matchup Taysom has, I could definitely lean that way. I don't know. It'd be hard for me. But if Taysom's injured at all going into the game and with that finger, mallet finger or something like that, um, I would probably lean uh, Lamar. But, I mean, you're relying on Taysom's legs anyway, not his, his... throwing ability. So,
1: mallet finger sounds like elephantitis, like his fingers just like <laughs> became trying. a hammer. Out he just woke up with a mallet for a finger. Just, just like, oh, no. hammer. <laughs> um,
0: what about the receivers though? Hollywood Brown. Um, it's it's been rough as of late. Um, he hasn't reached double digit fantasy points since week 9. Are you still putting him in your starting lineup? Hollywood
1: Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it sucks to say because I was really big on him, but yeah, at this point in the year, um, it's really boomer bust. If you're putting him in, you're really hoping for, um, something off of small chances. I don't know how else to say that. The very small chance he's going to do great for you.
2: You know, I I'm still throwing him in there. Um, I know the production has been there, but I mean, his target share is still ridiculous. I mean, he's still is getting double digits targets almost every game. Last week was the only difference when he only had seven, but go back, fourteen targets, twelve targets, thirteen targets, ten targets. Like the there's just too much volume his direction.
1: That's what I'm saying. It's like boomer bust. Like you kinda have to, but at the same time like he might not do anything. Especially like I said, playing outside. Lamar's struggling outside in the north, I mean, so
0: Yeah, <laughs> the the targets are there. I mean, I feel like you have to start him too, but it's definitely um Risky business right now with how this Ravens offense is looking. Um, do you go as far as start Devontae Freeman at all um, in the Ravens' backfield with the tough matchup up against Cleveland? Um, he has been RB14 the last five
1: weeks. I do. I I think you kind of have to just with his um, – like speaking of Hollywood Brown and his share, Devontae Freeman gets a large share, and he's proven to be the best back. It's it's definitely a committee, but it, it's it's more of a clear committee than usual. Yeah, probably like more so than Seattle
0: is right now, or some of those other backfields, you for know, for sure, for sure, Buffalo. Um, so yeah, I would I would start Devonta Freeman um, as well in deeper leagues, or if you're running back needy, um, and then obviously Mark Andrews you're starting, um, and unfortunately, probably not starting
1: Rashad Bateman right now. <laughs> So,
2: as a tear rolls down your face, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that and has. And I shake my head like I don't care. I don't. I understand. I, how I, that I, has, I don't.
0: Hopefully, you have on your dynasty rosters and things improve in years to come. But for right now, that it's just a bit of a struggle. So
1: far, all he has been is bait,
0: man. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the Tennessee Titans. The Titans are eight and a half point favorites. The over under is forty three and a half points. Um, I think it's you know become pretty regular now on the Jacksonville side of the ball. You're starting James Robinson and hoping Urban doesn't realize that he's not playing for an entire half of football, and <laughs> you get production out of James Robinson, but you have to play him. Talent, talent, you know, alone, he has to be played. Um, that's as far as I'm going though with Jacksonville. But Trey, what about your boy? Oh, snag Hennessy or? Oh, Snaggishanese was his name.
1: <laughs> uh, James O'Shaughnessy, I'm pretty sure, is his real name. Snaggishanese is all I know him as now. But um, with his six targets, honestly, if you don't have one of the top five guys, I-, I would definitely try him out. Just look at Dan Arnold's previous performances and hope that he can kind of replicate that, which he probably can't because Dan Arnold is more like a receiving tight end than most tight ends are. <laughs>
0: Yeah, led the team in six targets last week. So, I mean, the targets are there um, for that position.
1: Well, that must mean that's like an offensive scheme kind of thing because Dan Arnold was also leading the team in targets before then, and it didn't change with a different tight end, which is nice to see.
2: Yeah. The only problem is that snags apparently doesn't snag shit two <laughs> catches. I'll
1: have to see the film on that one, man. You know how that goes with targets. Are, are they really snag a bull for snag You know, I yeah, mean, watch the tape. Um,
0: but they haven't liked the receivers there all week. And when I say receivers, I'm talking about LaVisca, Chanel, and Marvin Jones. So it's pretty much been the same story there all year. So, yeah, I think the only one you can consider starting is is the tight end, James Osnag, Hennessy. <laughs> I'm just throwing Hennessy in there for no reason. Uh, on the Titan side of the ball, um, the backfield situation is interesting. Uh, Deonta Foreman and Dontrell Hilliard. Seems like they're going to be splitting snaps 50-50, at least they pretty much did last week. Um, Are either one of these guys startable in your opinion? And if you have to start one, who are you starting? If you had to choose one or the other.
2: Uh, Foreman's going to be the guy I'm going to start because he's going to get the bulk of the carries. Uh, 19 versus 12 last week for between the two of them. Um, but the thing is they both had really good games. Even if you remove Hilliard's, you know, sixty-eight yard touchdown, he still averaged almost six yards of carry on the rest of his uh carries there. So they're both running the ball well. Hilliard seems like he's probably the little more explosive player, um, and the more that, that home run threat, but I'd rather get have the guy that's going get more touches than the guy who might break one.
0: Um, I just want to mention here real quick, Trey, before you put your take in, Jeremy Jeremy McNichols is back from the concussion as well. So, and really the only reason Dontrell Hilliard got brought up from the practice squad is because McNichols was out with the injury, with the concussion. So do you think Jeremy McNichols coming back shakes things up? Does it turn into a three-back committee? Does McNichols reclaim his role from Dontrell Hilliard? A threesome, you say? <laughs> <laughs> I think it muddies things up for sure. I mean, McNichols was starting over trail Hilliard,
1: um, you know, before his injury. So definitely some muddy waters in Tennessee. Muddy Waters. Yeah. But anyways, um uh Irby said it perfectly. Deontay Foreman to me still with McNichols coming back is the only person I would put any trust into. Um honestly he's almost like to me like a mirror image of um gosh, um the guy on the Ravens, Devontae Freeman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. very similar. Their, their names are so similar, it really fucks me up. The Devontae Freeman <laughs> and Deontay <laughs> Foreman thing, that's why I really had to think about it. But honestly, it's very similar. Like They're both in like committees, but they're the guys who have proven themselves to be like the more dynamic backs in those backfields. Yeah,
0: I agree. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, do you think he's worth a stream this week against the Jags? Jags are ranked 19th against quarterbacks, giving up 18 points per game. And it looks like Julio could be back this week. He's now practiced two days in a row. He's technically still on IR, but the Titans can activate him any time. Um, and he could play this week. Um, so how do you feel about Ryan
1: Tannehill um, or this receiving game? He hasn't broke 20 fantasy points in four weeks, hasn't thrown for more than one touchdown in four weeks. All the injuries to the receivers, Derrick Henry being gone, I'm definitely fading Tannehill, probably for the rest of the year. Maybe a streamable option at some point, but it's someone I'd be avoiding.
2: I think that streamable option is this week. <laughs> <laughs> um I I'd roll them, but mostly because you're missing three starting quarterbacks because of the buys. You have Carson Wentz, Tua, and Jalen Hurts all out this week. Um uh, from bye week. So like that's that's a lot of people to try to replace. Um, I think Tannehill should and will be streamed in many leagues.
0: Yeah, kind of like a low end QB2 type of um quarterback
1: right now, I think for this week.
0: Uh which makes him very streamable. low end.
1: Like he's only broke 23 times this year and that was yeah. with before all the injuries. There's so. a little
0: bit of rushing upside there though. He's had some rushing touchdowns. I think like quite a few on the year, 5 5. So I mean, there's a chance for that. Um and if he gets
1: Julio back, that will help. Um, good, good counter, but counter with the run that'll definitely get me in.
2: <laughs> yeah, you love the running quarterback. The running
1: quarterback, yeah.
0: Um, are we looking to start any of the receivers? Westbrook Akine. Um, seems to be the only like option at this point. Um, six targets last week, but only two catches for twenty-five yards and one touchdown. Um, in that game against New England before the bye. Would you consider starting Nick Westbrook, Tyler?
2: Uh no. Um it's weird that I'm saying I'm you know, Tannehill's streamable, but I'm not gonna start any receivers. Um but I think it's just the way it is. I think Tannehill's rushing upside helps him there. And when he even when they do drop back to the pass, I mean it's pretty spread out. So there's just not somebody you can absolutely trust in the passing game.
0: Yeah, I can I can get with that. Uh, Let's move on. The Raiders taking on the Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs are nine and a half point favorites right now. Uh, Over unders forty eight. That nine and a half? I don't know. I mean, with the Chiefs being so up and up and down, that seems like a bigger spread than I would have imagined.
2: When I was writing that out, I was like, that seems like a lot. Yeah. Like for especially, you know, it's an in division game that generally get played tough. Um, It's just.
0: I know they're at home and it's the Chiefs, right? But um, still, for how up and down they've been and the defense hasn't been great all year, as of late have they, they've been better, uh, but haven't been great all year. Um, let's start on the Raiders' side, though. Darren Waller is now listed as day-to-day. Did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. <laughs> um Status for Sunday is unknown at this time, but it's really not looking great for Darren Waller. Um. So be prepared to be without him. Um. And like I was just saying, the Chiefs' defense has become pretty stingy against uh, opposing pass offense um, as of late. Uh. Which even if Waller plays, makes him kind of a tough play coming off the injury. So um, are you doing anything with the with the Raiders receiving game?
1: If well, it, it, the tight end is really what you want for the Raiders right now with the receiving game. So if Darren Waller's not in, you want Foster Moreau. And that's – obviously Hunter Renfro is definitely worthy, but at this point he's definitely on somebody's team. And um, if you got him, I would definitely start Renfro or the tight end.
0: Yeah, I think Renfro can be started. Um, and, yeah, I think you can start Foster if he's playing or, of course, Darren Waller. Um what about the running backs? The Chiefs are giving up a lot of points to the running backs, uh, 25 points per game to the position in the last four weeks. Kenyon Drake is now out for the rest of the year. So are you expecting a big game from Josh Jacobs this week and moving forward for the rest of the playoffs?
1: If it doesn't happen this week, it's not going to happen. This is opportunity. Kenyon Drake is out. Peyton Barber is – everybody knows it. The coaching staff knows it. He is not as good as Josh Jacobs. And Jalen Rashard has been on the team for years. They already know what he is. Um, it's it's Josh Jacobs' show for sure.
2: Yeah, I feel like it has to be. Um, I and mean, even after Kane Drake went down, which was pretty early in the second quarter, so there was a lot of game left, Paint Barber only saw five snaps, not even touches, five snaps total. So that's not doesn't look good for him. And then Jalen Rashard is actually on the COVID list right now, so he might not even play anyways.
0: Yeah, and Josh Jacobs had nine targets last week through the air, nine receptions. Uh so you'd love to see that. He put up a good week against Washington. I think he does it again. Um so go ahead and start him and that's it. Um Saints at the Jets. Um right now the Saints are five point favorites. The over under is forty-three points. Um Alvin Kamara, it looks like he's expected to be back after missing the last three games with the knee injury, uh, which is kind of just in time for the Saints as Mark Ingram was placed on the COVID nineteen list on Wednesday. Um, has not been reported whether he's vaccinated or not, I believe. But if he is, he will need two negative tests in a 24-hour time period, as protocol states. So um, looking good for Kamara uh, managers. Um, Hopefully they're going to get a big game here against um, a really good matchup. Um, Staying with the Saints, though, Taysom Hill we talked about a little bit earlier, also a good matchup. Must start this week, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's He's one of those quarterbacks, kind of like Jalen Hurts was, where like, you watch him play, you're like, God, this guy yeah. sucks at playing quarterback. But then you look at his fantasy stats, you're like, hell yeah, because you know, when you run the ball for over 100 yards and a touchdown, it doesn't matter if you have four interceptions, you still win the game.
0: Yeah, running ability for quarterbacks is just so uh, heavy, heavy, heavily weighted in fantasy scoring and um, it's just such a huge advantage. I mean, he threw four picks and still got you like 25 points last week. So, um, yeah, I expect him to have another big game. Are you going anywhere else, though? Receivers, probably not. Yeah, I I don't think. I mean, that's a pretty deep, deep look there.
1: Yeah, I don't like this game very much for fantasy at all. Uh, The 43-point over-under, I'd be going under. I would be thinking. Honestly, like once we get to our, our starts of the week, I have both of these teams on defense. The Jets are like a way deep stream, but I, I, this is going to be a low-scoring game, I really feel.
0: Yeah, on the other side of the ball, um, Elijah Moore, who's been really good for fantasy coming on late in the year. He's now day-to-day with that quad injury. Uh, he's got to be closely monitored through the week as quad injuries are known to linger and can be easily tweaked. Um, he did not practice Wednesday or Thursday, so keep an eye out on the Friday report. That'll be huge for his status. Um, but if he's active, are you guys playing him in this game? Um, last week it looked like, you know, Zach Wilson, we were all worried about him playing with Zach Wilson, but he got 12 targets, six receptions for 77 yards and a touchdown.
2: Yeah. I mean, the matchup isn't great, but I think you, I think you do have to play him. Um, they showed last week that, hey, they can actually play well together, which we hadn't seen all year up to this point. So um, when they're both playing to, playing on the field you know, at the same time. So, yeah, you know, I, I'd roll with Elijah Moore this week. I've become a believer.
0: Corey Davis is still out as well. Uh, I um, think he's done for the year now, actually. Yeah, Yeah, I think he is done for the year. And uh, I think Jameson Crowder, honestly, is playable as well uh, here, especially in full PPR. Um, Tevin Coleman is in concussion protocol Um, if not cleared before Sunday it would be Ty Johnson and a little bit of probably Austin Walter making another appearance so um, if Tevin Coleman is cleared
1: though are you okay starting him yeah I am it's horrible but I feel like he's a lead guy in their offense when he is healthy just with Michael Carter out the Saints are great against running backs, but if you're in a situation where you don't really have an RB2 and you're like streaming an RB2, this is someone that I would definitely look at.
0: Yeah. Yeah. To me, he's like um, an RB3, you know, that someone that you can have on your bench and throw into your flex or into your RB2 spot if you're missing someone.
1: Like to put it in perspective, Derrick Henry got hurt and I only had Joe Mixon left, no other running backs. I've been flirting with De- no, starting Tevin Coleman.
0: Yeah almost I mean with this year it almost gets to a point where you have to um but that's probably as far as I go if Tevin if Coleman is out I mean Ty Johnson to me just isn't that attractive especially with like you know the Jets showing that they're willing to get Austin Walter involved instead of just totally leaning on Ty Johnson so it's clear that um that they don't really trust Ty Johnson to be that guy
1: Uh, If it's not Tevin Coleman, I'm not going nobody. The reason I'm starting Tevin Coleman is because he gets most of the carries, and hopefully he'll fucking get a touchdown, which the Jets don't get very many of. But (laughs) come on, we're throwing darts this late in the season. (laughs)
0: Uh, Cowboys taking on the Washington football team. Dallas Cowboys are four-point favorites, over-unders 48 points. Uh, Ricky Seals-Jones limited in practice. But it's looking like he's going to play – Logan Thomas is now for sure out for the rest of the season. Um, so Seals-Jones, for me, and I think a lot of competitive leagues, was a big pickup this week just because of the history with the Washington football team tied in position this year. They've seemed to lean on one guy heavily, whoever is there and active. Um, and Ricky Seals-Jones looks to be primed for a pretty good run here probably through the playoffs at the tight end position. Uh, but do you like him this week? Are you starting him coming off the injury?
2: Without question, I mean the as you stated, I mean when he plays, like whoever gets to start in in Washington, that's the guy. It's crazy. I don't think there's any other team in the NFL that only plays one tight end, regardless of who's behind them. Um, so yeah, Ricky has to be a must start.
0: Yep, I agree. Um, J.D. McKissick is still in concussion protocol after missing last week's game. He missed practice Wednesday um, and has just been spotted doing a little bit of sideline work. Um, So if McKissick's out again, another huge game could happen for Antonio Gibson, who's been pretty good as of late. Um, Seems to, like we've been saying for the last couple weeks, finally being close to 100% health, um, and they're relying on him heavily. So, for me, Antonio Gibson's a, a smash start, you know, almost my start of the week this week.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. He's a great start. Like, uh, with McKissick out, honestly, with McKissick in, I, I still think Gibson's a must start. Yeah, for
0: sure. Uh, Terry McLaurin has been pretty bad, <laughs> though, on the <laughs> other side um, as of late. Yeah. Um, and really all season, it's been really hit or miss. Um, and, and like we were saying in earlier episodes, it seems like Tyler Haneke's playing to manage a little bit more. He's looking for his checkdowns a little bit more, and that's leading to less targets for Terry, less of the contested catch um, attempts. So, I mean, just based off of his pedigree and his talent, he could blow up any week. You have to start him. But... Yeah, I feel bad for, you know, people that have a lot of Terry McLaurin in a lot of their leagues because it's been tough.
1: I'm just glancing at the receiver stats versus the Cowboys all year. And I have not come across one stat line where a receiver, any single receiver did well against the Cowboys. And every stat line that does stand out, once I look into it a little bit more, it's off of like one big play. I mean, the last person to really dice up the Cowboys, remember when this was really fun? Kadarius Tony in week five. <laughs> Ten catches for one eighty nine. But it's been a long time since the Cowboys been exposed by a single receiver.
0: Yeah, that's that's an interesting stat for sure. Um But I still, you know, still think you gotta
1: start Terry McLaurin no matter what, right? Um but um I, I just feel like it's definitely more of like a floor performance. Which is Definitely hopefully still, like, be, yeah. double digits for you, you know, but he's not going to score 20 most likely because it's been a long time since the receiver's done that to the Cowboys. Um, Speaking of Cowboys, Tony Pollard missed
0: practice, I believe, both Wednesday and Thursday with that foot injury. His status is really up in the air for Sunday. Um, So Zeke is also dealing with some injury. So it's going to be interesting to see how this one plays out. Um. You know, I think if you have Zeke, you're planning on starting him. Um, He should be good to go, Um, right? Zeke's been practicing.
2: Yeah, yeah. Zeke's off the injury list completely right now, so he should be good to go. Tony Pollard, though, has a torn plantar uh, fascia in his foot, which is one of those injuries that like people take forever to come back from. It doesn't really heal on its own. Like, There's nothing you can do to make it heal faster. It just has to heal on its own, which generally just means you have to stay off of it. So, Pollard playing on Sunday, honestly, would be like a mini miracle um, just because of the way the, the injuries happen. But, yeah, Zeke is all the way. Pollard, uh, with the injury, I'm not even touching.
0: Um, The receivers, Mari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb, um, both starting. Mari Cooper had a terrible week last week, but only played 34% of snaps dealing with the COVID. Um but he's supposed to be back all the way this week. How do you guys manage that situation? Are you willing to plug Cooper
1: in? I hate how I approach the Cowboys receiving core because how much I hate Amari Cooper, and I don't really approach it like fantasy-wise. I approach it football-wise, and I like CeeDee Lamb so much more as a football player than Amari Cooper. Yeah, I mean... Which fantasy-wise, it doesn't really translate yet, but like when you watch them play, like CD Lamb is—he's a future superstar. Like CD Lamb, I—I I just feel like you kind of have to every time he's healthy and he's on the field, you have to put your put your eggs in that basket.
0: Yeah, to me, he's definitely their best receiver. You know, Mari Cooper is also a very talented receiver, but um, I have to agree with you. I love the way CD plays, but it is an enticing matchup against the Washington football team. As of late, they've been pretty decent, but on the season, they've given up quite a bit. Um, so Tyler, I know you got Cooper in some leagues. Mm-hmm. Are you starting him?
2: Um, actually, in our two main leagues that we play, you know, our dynasty league and our our normal league, I have them in both somehow. It just happened. <laughs> um, in the dynasty league, I am playing because that's our like crazy deep league, it's 14 team, you know, like double flex, yeah, league. So, like, you have to play him. Um, I'm struggling with the decision in our main league. Um, I'm basically looking at between him and Mike Williams as Mike Williams becomes active. Um, so Michael Williams come if you know if he's coming off COVID, he might not be all the way back in terms of you know health and like lung capacity. And then Cooper has a great matchup. So it's really, really tough for me. Um right now I'm leaning Cooper. Um I don't know if Trey might try to convince me otherwise. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> but why?
1: Don't do it. <laughs>
0: uh, 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 it's wait. So who who is it? I missed it. I was
2: reading. Mike Coop, Williams. Cooper. Or Mike Williams. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um.
2: Mike me, Williams.
0: I mean, it depends on Keenan Allen's health. I think, but I would lean Mike Williams, especially with Keenan Allen out. Definitely Mike Williams. Um, which we will get to in a little bit. Um, I think the last start to talk about though for Cowboys is Dalton Schultz. Go ahead, start Schultz. The targets are there and consistent. So, um, yeah, he's a good start at tight end. Uh, Falcons taking on the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers are 2.5-point favorites, over-unders 42.5 points. Um, Russell Gage has now had back-to-back games with more than 15 points, including 12 targets, 11 catches for 130 yards last week. Does this make him uh, a must-flex player right now against the Panthers that have given up 35 points per game in the last four weeks to receivers?
1: I think it does. It's been a very rough ride with Russell Gage, having him on my roster this year. And for the first time pretty much all year, I'm finally just like, okay, things are lining up, and it looks like I can actually kind of predict what's, what might happen.
0: Yeah, I would have to agree with that sentiment. I think it's the fantasy-friendliest position that he's been in all year, Uh, given the matchup um, and how Carolina's played the last four weeks and just the need, right? Like, they have to throw him the ball. (laughs) I'll just
1: say this as a Russell Gage manager. Like, if you drafted him the way I drafted him, you drafted him higher than you should have with the way he's been performing. So, you're almost forced to play him at this point. If you've been holding him this long, just like I have, there's absolutely no reason to not play him this week. You yeah. have to.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Would you – let me ask you this. Would you play Russell Gage or Brandon Ayuk? Russell Gage. It's Ayuk for
1: me.
2: Who are the Niners playing? I forgot.
1: Niners are on uh... – Who are they? They're on by. Joke's on you. No, No, they're playing. They're playing the Bengals.
0: In (laughs) in
2: Cincy. Hmm.
1: Debo's banged up though.
2: Yeah, that one's tough. Um, I'm gonna go with Gage just because Cincy's defense is much better than uh, Carolina's.
0: Okay. Um, What about Mike Davis's most productive day of the season last week? Are you buying
1: that? Like how you put fantasy owners beware. <laughs> <laughs> I've been wary. Like honestly, um, yeah, I dropped him a couple weeks ago. At this point, you know what he is. Like he is who we thought. Oh, he is not who we thought he was. <laughs> but we found out who he was, fast. Yeah, he's no. Don't fall for it.
2: Yeah, exactly. That's why I was just like, don't get caught up in like, oh, he scored a touchdown. He's back on track. Like he still only had eight touches the entire game. Yeah, he's like. One good touchdown run does not, you know, replace an entire season of ineptitude. Ineptitude is that a word? <laughs>
0: that, that was it. Yep, you nailed it. But on the other end, um, Cordell Patterson, um, bit of a fantasy cheat code. Um, you got to start him. Um, and it's a good matchup. So, um, I would definitely be starting Cordell Patterson. Kyle Pitts, he has not surpassed double digit points since week seven. Um, you know. Like, for me, I would have played, you know, now we're recording this after the Thursday night game, but I would have played someone like Pat Friermuth over Kyle Pitts this week.
1: Um, I would probably... Easy to say now. Yeah, well, no, yeah, okay. but Honestly, knowing you, I I got do the receipts.
0: You. It's on our Twitter, actually. Someone asked us, and I responded. Oh, I
1: got the receipts. Pat Friermuth. Okay, I'll see you at the Watch sports Watch Kyle book. Pitts
0: go for, like, you know, 30-plus points or something crazy, but for me, it's just, like, he's obviously the main focus of every single defense um, they scheme to stop him every single week. And he has the ability, of course, you know, we saw it earlier this year. He put up 160 yards. Like he has that capability, but it's just, this offense is just terrible a lot of the time. Um, So are you worried about starting Kyle Pitts?
1: They did play earlier this season. Um, They're in the same division, right? Yep. That's probably why right are the division rivals I guess you could say but they played in week eight and Kyle Pitts had six targets two catches 13 yards basically mirroring what you said they game planned against them before they're going to again um to be fair though at that time Russell Gage and their whole receiving core was like a a huge mess it's a it's a little more cleared up now still messy but it's cleared up so um should be interesting to see how much that plays out on Kyle Pitts like with Russell Gage actually being relevant
0: yeah, I mean I would start someone like Dalton Schultz over Kyle Pitts. Um
2: Yeah, I would say Pitts is probably on right at the borderline about tight end twelve or thirteen for me this week. Um, which puts him, you know, barely startable in in any league.
1: Right. Oh, Snaggasy or Pitts? Oh. oh or James O'Shaughnessy, if you're like <laughs> yeah, James O'Shaughnessy tied in for the Jaguars or Kyle Pitts. I would go Kyle Pitts in that situation. I would too <clears throat> just for I, the upside.
2: Yeah, exactly. The upside's too too much to to say no to.
0: Uh what about the other side of the ball, Cam Newton. <laughs> you know, after dominating in his um game where he was back, he came back again um last back. week <laughs> and got benched <laughs> uh for PJ Walker. So Um, apparently he's going to be the starter again this weekend, but, um, Matt rule did leave the door open for PJ Walker to get some playing time. If cam, uh, continues to suck. So for fantasy purposes, are you willing to put cam out there as a top 12 QB this week?
1: You almost answered your question by telling us that I already know the answer. Yeah, that PJ Walker, right, <laughs> is like available if it happens. P- PJ Walker is literally like the JV version of Cam Newton, <laughs> and, and, and the coach is saying like, "Yeah, well, just so you know, like we're definitely willing to play like like the freshman kid that we think is kind of good and put on JV here." Um, you know what I'm saying, though, right? No, like, I hear you. Yeah, that's how it's bad like Cam Newton's playing buck right Buck seventy, now.
0: soaking wet. Yeah, we're willing to play this kid.
1: But Cam Newton in a way though is kind of with his rushing upside makes him borderline fantasy proof. Not yet though. I mean he
0: if anything, he proved he is not fantasy proof last week, <laughs> in my opinion. But uh um,
1: well, that's what I'm saying. Just with his like inconsistency and horrible decision making, like yeah. things like that, that that's what ruins it for him. At least Taysom Hill, um, has something to fall back on at this point, you know. Still has some juice. Yeah. Um
2: so I'm actually rolling with Cam this week. <laughs> um speak up now. Yeah. yeah. Uh the matchup just
0: let us shit all over him
2: <laughs> and then, <laughs> then come
1: in and say you're starting him. All righty, well, How Are you talking about Super Bowl Cameron? Uh, yeah. Um
2: I mean part of it, I kinda didn't have a choice. Um on in our main league, I had Jalen Hurts and Tua both on by this week. Okay. Well, so I, uh, I had to find someone to play with, and I liked his matchup and his upside versus uh, Bridgewater and Taylor Heineke.
0: Wow, that's exactly who I was going to ask you. Would you rather start Taylor Heineke or Cam Newton? And you're going Cam, huh? Yep. Just for the rushing upside alone, basically.
2: Basically. All right. And and the the matchup. I mean, you're playing Atlanta versus sure. Heineke playing the Cowboys, which have a much better defense.
0: What about the rest of the Carolina Panthers? Chuba Hubbard,
1: um DJ Moore are you starting these guys? No, I'm not cuz Cam Newton's not going to do good. We didn't even circle back around to how I was gonna shit on Cam, dude. <laughs> oh,
0: you haven't even shit on him yet? I thought you I, did. no 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 I did, but
1: I was gonna bring the numbers come in. Come back for seconds. Oh, okay, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh shit on him, but this time I got receipts, as you would say. <laughs> I went I went to my car, looked in my glove box. Um Yeah, I mean the Falcons, besides getting tore by Tom Brady last week, who was just on his Hall of Fame um fuck him, I'm not gonna talk about him. We're gonna keep going back though. They they haven't allowed more than two touchdowns um, since they played Tua in Week Seven. Like um, when they, when they played Dak and the Cowboys, only two touchdowns. Mac Jones only one touchdown, which is Mac Jones has been like pretty decent lately. Um, I I just feel like they're definitely in a decent position. This is a team that's really bad, and then it makes it makes it seem like they're victims, right? So that's why you want to start the Falcons or whatever against Cam Newton. But I really feel like the the Falcons are gonna do great against Cam Newton.
0: Interesting. Um, Tyler, let me ask you this. If you like Cam this week, are you okay with flexing DJ more?
2: Uh, I am. DJ has actually put together a couple back-to-back good games. And, um, you know, obviously I'm already rolling with Cam, so I assume that DJ is the biggest beneficiary of that. And, yeah, I'm flexing DJ.
0: Yeah, I I think you can start DJ as well. He's a vocal point of this offense. Matt Rule wants – to get him involved and even if you know cam is sucking it up throwing the ball around they're going to game plan or scheme things to get dj Moore the ball um so yeah i think you definitely start T- dj Moore. i'm hesitant on on chuba hubbard though um yeah i just i'm not a big believer in the in the ability
2: yeah and you know we saw earlier in the year when uh cmc went down chuba Hubbard. Was okay. He was running back nineteen in the I think the four or five game span that McCaffrey was out, and that doesn't put a lot of faith in him. You know, being great for you, like he's a super low end RB two uh, and or a flex play at best. So, yep.
0: righty, well that'll do it for the early matchups. Um, so make sure you. Check out our next uh, episode, which will have all the late game matchups and starts of the week for you. Uh, you can find that all at the FF Fathers on Twitter. And um, that's it, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Still Twitter. Okay. Yeah. Still Twitter. And that's it. So, uh, yeah. We'll catch y'all later.
1: Yeah, definitely Twitter, and if you want to hear our starts of the week, listen to our late game episode, and we'll finish off our late game episode with our starts of the week. Thank you. <laughs> and goodbye. Farewell. <laughs>
0: Sayonara. Adios. <laughs> I'm out.
2: I'm out of... Konnichiwa.
1: Oh, there
0: you go.
2: <laughs> Aloha. Damn, I was, gonna- <laughs> I was trying <laughs> to think of I was like, hula? Like uh, <laughs> what? <laughs>
1: Alright, whatever. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs>